Well, again, welcome. I'm Pastor Mike. For those of you tuning in, uh, we're glad you're joining us here at Palm Harvest. If you have a Bible, would you turn in it to the Gospel of Luke chapter 11? Uh, as most of you know, we have been working our way through the Gospel of Luke, and we're talking about this theme called legacy. How do I live my life in a way that has impact? Every day is a gift. Every breath is a gift. How do I steward it well in such a way that not only my life benefits, and maybe the, 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 the lives of the people in my world benefit, but how do I live in such a way that there might even be this legacy traction, this generational traction? And so that's kind of the big idea that we've been thinking about as it relates to this, this theme. Now, as we talk about the story that we're going to dive into here in Luke chapter 11 today, there are two questions that I want you to kind of keep uh, at the forefront of your thinking, and we're going to circle back around uh, at the end of our conversation. They're the legacy questions for today's conversation, and here's question number one. Where in your life could you use Jesus's healing touch? Where in your life could you use Jesus's healing touch? And then question number two, what strongholds in your life would you like to be delivered from? You know, there's, we all have strongholds. For some of us, it could be anger. For others of us, it could be a critical attitude, right? There are strongholds. Maybe there's an addiction that you have. Too much Netflix. You know, I don't know what's your addiction, but there, there are strongholds. So what in your life, where in your life could you use Jesus's healing touch and what strongholds in your life would you like to be delivered from? Today, we're going to read a, a Bible story that really is going to begin to showcase for us how, how Jesus is sort of beginning to get his game face on. It's getting close to the time when he's going to go to the cross and, and shed his blood and give up his life for the sins of humanity. And he's really beginning to get a little bit more serious about his mission. You know, Jesus has proclaimed himself to be the son of God. And to back up his claim, throughout his ministry, he's been performing a variety of different miracles, right? Giving sight to the blind, hearing to the deaf, giving people the lame the ability to walk. Well, in today's conversation, in today's Bible story, we're going to see where Jesus is, is encountering the demonic, the spiritual realm. And in this encounter that we're going to read about, people you will notice, are beginning to kind of move away from this unique curiosity about who Jesus is. I mean, he's claiming to be the Son of God. They're asking the question, is he really the promised Messiah? Is he the guy? Now, as we read this story, there's a phrase that I want you to pay attention to, and as we, it'll jump out at you. It's this, this phrase, the kingdom of God. Have you heard that phrase before? the kingdom of God. Jesus here begins to talk about the kingdom of God. And, and brothers and sisters, here's what I want you to understand as we, before we read these verses. When the kingdom of God is present, lives are impacted. When the kingdom of God is present amongst us, strongholds are defeated. You know, right now, as we prayed about earlier, Bev and Mark are on their way to a really tragic situation. In my belief, as followers of Jesus, the kingdom of God's presence is with them as they're about to step into a really messy situation. And Robin and Steve, I'm assuming you got the, you got the phone call. Okay. The kingdom of God is with 
them. And as we prayed for them earlier, the kingdom of God is circling them. And even as they're dealing with their own grief, the kingdom of God is about to step into a really painful situation. But what I want us to recognize and understand that as followers of Jesus, when the kingdom of God is evident in our life, strongholds are overcome. We, when we step into dark places, we're bringing light and hope, even while our heart might be broken. So notice here, let's start reading at verse 14. Luke chapter 11, verse 14. And as always, try to picture the scene in your mind. One day, Jesus cast out a demon from a man who couldn't speak. And when the demon was gone, the man began to speak. So obviously, there's this demonic pressure that's keeping this guy limiting, a stronghold that's inhibiting his ability to talk. Jesus frees him, and he begins to speak. The crowds were amazed. But some of them said, no wonder Jesus can cast out demons. He gets his power from Satan, the prince of demons. Others, trying to test Jesus, demanded that, they, that he show them a miraculous sign from heaven to prove his authority, as if what he just did wasn't enough. Let's keep reading, okay? Verse 17. Jesus knew their thoughts, so he said, any kingdom divided by civil war is doomed. A family splintered by feuding will fall apart. You say I'm empowered by Satan, but if Satan is divided and fighting against himself, how can his kingdom survive? And if I'm empowered by Satan, what about your own exorcists? They cast out demons too, so they will condemn you for what you have said. Verse 20, but if I am casting out demons by the power of God, then the kingdom of God has arrived among you. Now write this down, point number one in your app notes. The kingdom of God catalyzes healing. The kingdom of God catalyzes healing. Have any of you ever been on the receiving end of Jesus's healing touch? Have any of you ever witnessed, right, the outcome of Jesus' healing touch? Here in verse 14, the Bible writer describes how Jesus encounters a man who is demon-possessed. And one of those, we are, as I mentioned already, one of the consequences of this demon possession is that this man, right, we're told, is hindered from doing what? From speaking, Correct? Now, the Bible writer doesn't tell us how Jesus knows that this man is afflicted by an evil spirit. We only know and we're only told that when Jesus heals this man, when Jesus frees him from the grip that the devil has on his life, the one demonstrative outcome is that this man is suddenly able to do what? Speak, right? And the crowd's reaction reinforces this truth that when the kingdom of God is present, healing is experienced. You know, as I thought about that truth this week in preparation for today's conversation, 
I found myself asking the question, if that's true, if the kingdom of God is, if when the kingdom of God is present, that healings are experienced, why don't we experience more demonstrative healings when we're together? Did you know that the Bible instructs us that when we are sick, that we are to call upon the spiritual leaders within the church to pray over us. You know, the Bible teaches that. With a show of hands, how many of you have ever been sick? Okay. A show of hands, how many of you, when sick, have called the church office asking for a group of spiritual leaders to come over to, to your home to pray over you? Two, three. Friends, most of us are quick to swig NyQuil when we're sick. Most of us are quick, maybe less quick, but we're still quick to visit our doctor for some meds when we're not feeling well, or if things are really bad, we'll take a trip to the ER, right, to get some help. But for whatever reason, when sick, we don't ask the Christian community, the church community, to step into our mess to pray over us. Why? Why isn't prayer our first option. Church, hear me on this. Healing is experienced in the kingdom of God. So when the kingdom of God is present. So ask yourself this question. Ponder again this question. Where in your life could you use Jesus' healing touch? Now write this down. Point number two in your app notes. The kingdom of God overpowers strongholds. The kingdom of God overpowers strongholds. You know, one of the truths that the Bible teaches us here is that Jesus is stronger than the devil. That when the kingdom of God is present, the grip of evil is broken. Look again at verse 20. Luke chapter 11, verse 20. Jesus says, if I'm casting out demons by the power of God, then the kingdom of God has arrived among you. For when a strong man is fully armed and guards his palace, his possessions are safe until someone even stronger attacks and overpowers him, strips him of his weapons, and carries off his belongings. You know, in this Bible story, Jesus really invites his critics to contemplate the consequences of his exorcism power, doesn't he? Jesus, by casting out a demon and healing a man who had been previously been mute, unable to speak, Jesus demonstratively illustrates how the devil's house, the devil's citadel, the devil's terrorizing castle has been breached, right? The strong man has been mastered, proving, Jesus says, that the kingdom of God is present. Now, one of the phrases that jumps off the page at me when I read this Bible story is found in verse 17. Let me read it again. Look at it with me. Here in this verse, verse 17, Jesus says this. He says, a family splintered by feuding will fall apart. 
A family splintered by feuding will fall apart. That's what Jesus says. Did you all hear about the shooting that took place this past Wednesday at Cook's Corner? It's a popular motorcycle hangout. Really, it's an event center for people to have weddings and, and special events like birthdays and celebrations. But it's a place where uh, motorcyclists will go. And I have been there many times uh, it, riding my motorcycle to enjoy a, a beverage, an adult beverage and something to eat. Well, this past week, we're told, and I've, got, I've seen the you know, sheriff's report and the news releases, and maybe you have too. This past shooting Wednesday night was because of a man who found himself in the middle of a messy divorce, and he chose to deal with his emotional pain by shooting nine people and killing three of them, one of whom was his who? his ex-wife. Have y'all heard the phrase, hurt people, hurt people? Hurts people, hurt people. Clearly this ex-husband was feeling the pain of, an of his impending divorce and he chose to deal with his pain eventually by not only killing three people and wounding six others and he himself was, was killed. Ironically, he was a former police sergeant with the Ventura Police Department. And, 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 and the way he chose to end his life is, was what we call suicide by cop because he shot at the, this is my own opinion, he shot at the, the two, there were two, over 200 first responder vehicles that responded. That's a lot of vehicles. And he shot at the first responders with a shotgun, which tells me he really wasn't interested in killing anybody. Because if you wanted to kill a first responder, you would probably use your nine millimeter that he used. And so he was killed in return. It's what we call suicide by cop. But would anybody agree with me when I suggest that Wednesday night's shooting represents evil? Would you agree with me on that? Friends, the devil loves to attack your family. You know that, don't you? The devil loves it when parents and children fight. The devil loves it when marriages break up. The devil loves it when coworkers gossip about each other. The devil loves it when churches split because of spiritual infighting. You see, when families feud, as Jesus tells us here, splintering happens. And carnage is often the end result. Show of hands, how many of you have firsthand experience with family feuding? You know what that's like? A lot of us have hands raised. Friends, the devil loves to attack the family because when the devil attacks the family, he knows he is attacking the heart of God. Brothers and sisters, how do you know when the kingdom of God is present? You know when unity is experienced. You know, I've talked about this before. Unity does not mean uniformity. Are you with me? Yes. 
Unity does not mean that we have to be clones and we all have to dress alike and think alike and, and do the same stuff. Unity is simply an environment where people with differences choose to work together. You know, you often, you've often heard me say that conflict is a source of intimacy. It can be a tool for couples to get to know each other if they're willing to step into the disunity and talk about it and get better from it and grow because of it. The devil loves to attack families. And by the way, if the devil can't attack you, He's going to go after, for those of you who are married, your spouse. And if he can't get at you through your spouse, those of you who have children, he's going to try to get at you through your children. And if that doesn't work, then he's going to use your neighbor to poke at you. Listen to me, the kingdom of God exists when people get along. The kingdom of God is present when there is unity among Christians. You know, this Thursday night, as we've talked about already, Beto and I mentioned it as well, this Thursday night, Christians and church groups from here in Costa Mesa are going to be gathering for a night of worship over on the, the west side of town, over by the airport at Rock Harbor Church, 7 o'clock for a night of worship, for hopefully a night of unity. I encourage you to participate. It starts from 7, it's probably going to go till 9, if you can come for all of the time or just a little bit of the time, it would be well worth it. Why? Because when Christians meet together, the kingdom of God will be present. And when the kingdom of God is present, strongholds are overpowered. When the kingdom of God is present, healings begin to be manifested. You know, right now, here at Palm Harvest Church, we are in the throes of football season. As most of you know, Mike Vargas is the head coach for the Estancia High School football team, and they had a big win on Friday night. Woohoo! Rick Kapko helps announce the games. Nancy and Robin Mensinger and Brooke and Morgan, I saw you guys were doing football dinner and you're involved in the booster program, right? It's a wonderful thing, but your pastor happens to be the announcer for the Costa Mesa High School Mustangs. Let's make some noise. And this past Friday, the Costa Mesa High School Mustangs, I started my 24th season, unbelievable, announcing football games for Costa Mesa High. And in nine weeks, put this on your calendar, on October 27th, I'll be calling the action when the Estancia Eagles come across town to Costa Mesa High School to Mustang Field when the Eagles and the Mustangs play for city bragging rights. Who are you going to be cheering for? Now, friends, <laughs> friends, how is it possible? How is it possible that two rival football teams could be represented in the same church. Only one reason. The kingdom of God. You see, when the kingdom of God is present, rival football announcers can be friends. 
When the kingdom of God is present, bigger than that, families get along. When the kingdom of God rules, strongholds are squelched. You know, last weekend, for those of you who were here, I I gave you a 21-day challenge, and now we're on 14 days, and maybe it'll go longer than that, where I asked you to begin your day every morning at a specific time, just for a couple of minutes, where you stop, you center down, and you begin your day with the prayer, more of you, God, less of me, fill me up to overflowing. Have you been doing that? More of you, God, less of me, fill me up to overflowing. I got it on Facebook. I posted the video clip. There's this, this Facebook group called Friends of Hello, Pastor Mike. It's a private group. And I'll put stuff out there for this group to just to be aware of maybe, you know, special video stuff that not everybody gets to seize. And on this group, I put this 21-day challenge, this prayer challenge. And one of the persons who responded to that challenge was Bev Nemo. You think the devil wants to attack Bev Nemo? Bev right now is in the middle of a challenge today. Is that spiritual warfare? Well, everything evil is spiritual warfare. And yet, should that keep us from saying, God, more of you in my life and less of me? Fill me up to overflowing? No, if anything, maybe God's Holy Spirit right now in the midst of the terrible tragedy that Bev and Mark are stepping into and experiencing along with their son, Andrew, that God's presence is going to be there. Why? Because they've been saying, God, fill me up to overflowing. Because it's only in God's strength can I even have a hope of getting through this. Are you with me? When our lives are empowered by God's Holy Spirit, the kingdom of God will be present. And when the kingdom of God is present, healings will be catalyzed and unity will be experienced. You know, throughout Jesus' ministry, he endorsed this whole idea of unity. You know, if you look here at verse 19 in this story, you'll see where Jesus is being challenged by his critics for casting out a demon right? In the, in the power they're saying, with the power from the devil. And Jesus, in his response, res, re, points to the exorcism ministry that existed among the Jewish religious uh, spiritual leaders. Now, I point that out to make this point, Jesus isn't being critical of, this, of the Jewish exorcism ministry. In fact, you'll remember from a few weeks ago when we talked about in Luke chapter 9, verses 49 to 50, one of Jesus' 12 disciples, John, he, he, he called Jesus out and he said, hey, Jesus, we saw this guy who's not a part of our tribe casting out demons in your name. And how did, what did Jesus say? Great, good, he's a part of the team. He may not be part of our team necessarily, But he's using my name, Jesus, to cast out demons and to bring the kingdom of God into places, into dark places. Don't stop him. 
In Luke chapter 9, verse 1, we can read how Jesus commissioned his 12 disciples to go out and preach and, and, and heal the sick and cast out demons. Then in the next chapter, Luke chapter 10, verse 1, we can read how Jesus commissioned 72 to go out and preach and, 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 and heal people and deliver those afflicted with demon possession. Friends, Palmaris Church, as you come to modern day, is simply part of the bigger sea. Are you with me? And when we gather Thursday night with a group of other Jesus followers who might have a different way about how they approach their life. Some, some people dance, some people don't dance. Some people drink wine, some people don't drink wine. Some people keep their sh- hair short, some people don't. Some people wear suits, pastors wear suits when they preach, other people wear vans. But all of us love Jesus. And when the church comes together, Jesus is saying, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Because the church, the big C, calls us to minister together. So let's start to land the plane. Look at verse 23. Jesus says, anyone who isn't with me opposes me. And anyone who isn't working with me is actually working against me. So what's Jesus saying here? Write this down, point number three. The kingdom of God calls for a decision. The kingdom of God calls for a decision. The existence of the kingdom of God calls for a decision. It is a legacy decision. It is a decision that has generational impact. And the decision is... Whose kingdom are you going to belong to? Jesus wants to know whose team you are on. And he's not talking about the Eagles or Mustangs, or the Rams or the Chargers, or even the Lakers or the Celtics, although we know Jesus is a Celtics fan. (laughs) Jesus wants to know, are you going to be on his team? Or will you choose to be on the devil's team? Jesus reminds us here that there's no room for neutrality. The kingdom of God calls for a decision. How can you tell if you don't belong to the kingdom of God? How can you tell if you don't belong to the kingdom of God? Well... Sickness will be part of your life. Disunity and family friction will be evident in your relationships. Now, when I say sickness, I'm not just saying physical sickness. There's a lot of kinds of sicknesses. You know, Galatians chapter 5, we're told that when the Holy Spirit indwells us, that we will begin to see fruit manifested, right? Love Joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control. When the kingdom of God is evident in your life, brothers and sisters, you will notice a decrease in your judgmental attitude. 
When the kingdom of God is present in your life, you will notice an increase in the amount of space that you give people. You'll be a little bit more patient with them, more forgiving with them. You see, anger is a sickness, a critical condemning attitude and mindset is a sickness. Unforgiveness and even being stingy is a forgiveness, is a sickness. But when the kingdom of God rules your world, the fruit of the spirit will be showcased. Friends, are you on Jesus's team? And if not, will you choose him today? So we come full circle back to our original two questions. Look at them. They're in the bottom of your notes again. Question number one, where in your life could you use Jesus's healing touch? And question number two, what strongholds in your life would you like to be delivered from? Jesus said, call the spiritual people in the church and have them pray over you. Ladies, many of you are in a Bible study together. Maybe your next Bible study, you just spend some time sharing with each other. Here's a stronghold in my life. And together you bring the kingdom of God into that place and you pray for that person. Men, same thing for us. Where are we struggling? What's, what's the stronghold? What's, where do I need Jesus' healing touch? When the church is present, the kingdom of God broods. Let's close in prayer. So as David comes up to wrap up the service, invite you to put everything down again. Let's put our hands open. It's just a symbolic gesture of receptivity. Invite you to ask yourself and try to answer this question, where in my life could I use Jesus's healing touch? Maybe you want to have more space with the frustrating people in your life. Maybe you just need increased capacity for the responsibilities that God has suddenly thrown your way. Maybe for some of you, you want to be able to just be in a proper place so that when you reach out to Bev or Mark and just say, hey, we love you and we're with you, you just know not to say anything and to be okay with that. But where in your life could you use Jesus' healing touch? Where in your life What strongholds exist that you would like to be delivered from? So I want you right now, I'm going to lead us into a time of prayer, but right now I want all of us to think of one stronghold that exists in our life. Where do you struggle? What addictions vie for your time? What emotions overwhelm you at time? Is it criticism? Is it anger? Is it stinginess? Is it, you know, what is it that you, you just know that that's a big deal in your life? I want you to just identify it in your mind right now. And with our hands open, join me as I lead you in this prayer. God, today we 
I identified this stronghold that exists in my life right now and I'm just in my mind, I'm calling it out. It is this. You guys fill in the blank. And I pray right now that through the power of your Holy Spirit that you would forgive me and begin to transform me and work on this particular stronghold, God, because in my own strength, I can't, I can't beat it. I can't get it fixed. I just, it, no matter how hard I try, God, I keep, I keep bawling down. So in faith, I pray these words. Thank you for healing me and delivering me from this stronghold. And I thank you in advance for the fruitful growth that you're going to bring into my life in this area. God, use me to be your hands and feet this coming week, to be an ambassador of hope and positivity into the dark places that I may walk. More of you, God, less of me. Fill me up to overflowing. It's in Jesus' name. The name that really only matters. The name that every knee will bow and tongue confess ultimately one day that he is the king. It's in his name, the powerful name, loving name of Jesus that we pray these things and all God's people said. I'll close with this. If some of you are in a place, and this includes those of you watching online, and you have a stronghold in your life, and you want some extra prayer on it, would you reach out to me? You know. Bev and Mark walked into the back of the sanctuary today just to let me know that they are, were on their way to a really challenging situation. And the three of us stood in the lobby there crying tears and praying together. But that's the church. That's the church. Step into people's lives. Invite people to walk through the good times and the challenging ones. Because when we do that, we get to experience just a little bit more the kingdom of God. Amen? So I bless you, my brothers and sisters. Be his hands and feet. Know that God's using you even when you fall. Get back up. Dust yourself off. I bless you, my brothers and sisters, in the name of God the Father, Jesus, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen, amen, and amen. We'll see you next week, Palm Harvest. Have a good Sunday.